1: You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, the people's bishop and pastor of Harvest Church. We exist to lead people to totally love God, love people, and love life as one church in global locations. Find out more on our website at www.harvestchurch.church or get our app by texting the word HARVEST to the number 877-552-4746. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give now here's today's life-giving message
2: come on tell the lord say lord i'm open and i'm ready come on lift your bibles how let's make our confession of faith together i got my phone up because i got the harvest church mobile app again if you came in late to this experience or you missed it and we did an ordination at the beginning i encourage you to go back and watch that all right let's go for god's glory this is my best year yet To the word I'm about to hear, I believe, I obey, I manifest. And that settles it in Jesus' name. Amen. So, God, we tell you that we're open and we're ready. Speak to us. Speak to us. Speak to us. In this eighth month, the month of a new beginning, speak to us. We declare new things are beginning. Periods are being placed where they need to be put. And new sentences are beginning in our life. And for that, we say thank you in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody just shout new. So we are also in a new series this month, in the building and online, called Let's Be Kids Again. Why? first Corinthians 13, 11 it often, the scripture often commands us to do things like this. It says, When I was a child, I spoke as a child, understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, in other words, there was a difference between being a male and a man. One was about maturity, one was about how you were born. Pay attention. He said, I do not need you just to be a male. He said, I need you to mature and be a man, which means I need you to handle your responsibilities. I need you to be mature. And I'm so glad, watch me, that you are not waiting on anybody else to do for you what you can do for yourself i'm so glad that you're mature come on i'm so glad you're not waiting on somebody to build a stage for you you learn how to get yourself some wood and build it yourself i'm so glad you're not waiting on anybody to open the door for you you learn how to do what you got to do to open it for yourself is there anybody up this 9:15 that can say i'm not waiting on anybody to do anything for me while i'm mature which means i'll do it for myself so when you're a child, watch me, you speak as a child, you understand as a child, you think as a child. But then the Apostle Paul says, but when I became a man, when I mature, I put away childish things. Now, this is interesting because I taught you on Wednesday as we opened this series that we should put away childish things. Let's go. We should put away childish things, but we should practice being childlike. So childish things, think of the way that a child acts. When they don't get what they want, what do they do? They throw a temper tantrum. Based on that definition, how many of us, watch me, they already have identified one area where we need to make some improvements? Watch me, Because while you're throwing a temper tantrum, you're missing the beauty of the moment. You're missing the fact that even though it didn't go the way you wanted it to, maybe there's something greater in it. Watch me, because even every delay and even every distraction, God says, I'll hide a blessing on the inside of it. I'll hide something good on the inside of something that looks bad. I'll hide an open door on the inside of something that looks like the door is shut. Pay attention. Uh, It is so important that we put away childish things, but we practice being childlike. Think about it. When a kid has an attitude, everybody's going to know they have an attitude. Based on that second uh, characteristics of a child, how many of us know that there's some areas we need to mature in? Watch me. Because when you feel bad, everybody in your house knows that you feel bad because you're throwing temper tantrums, you slamming doors, you breathing hard. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me, 9-15. you huffing and puffing and all of that. And the reality is what we're doing is that we are showing God, watch me, that we are being childish instead of being childlike. So, Father, at the beginning of this message, we repent to you for every moment in our lives where we've been childish instead of being childlike and we declare that we will be mature come on open your mouth 915 say Lord mature me come on 915 say Lord mature me what does that mean 915 even if it doesn't go the way I want it to go I'm not gonna get an attitude I'm not gonna get upset I'm not gonna get angry what I'm gonna do is recognize all things work together For my good, which means I will not be childish. I will be childlike. Say, I'll be childlike. Now, look at this. Why is that important? Mark 10 and 15 says this. I tell you the truth. Anyone who does not receive the kingdom of God like a what? Come on, it's right there. Like a what? Child will never enter it. Now, most people, when, when you hear the term kingdom in the Bible, they're thinking about heaven. They are thinking about dying and going to heaven. And I need you to listen very carefully. And it's not what the scripture is referring to. That is not what the scripture is talking about. Consequently, you have many Christians who are infatuated with death so that they never live. Because everything for some people's Christianity becomes when I die and get to heaven, when I die and get over there in the sweet by and by, there'll be no tears over there. There'll be enough. And so consequently, they never live life because the moment they get saved, watch me, they got their backpack ready to go to heaven. And they're ready to go and they're like, Lord, get me out of this evil earth. You know why you're still here? You're still here to change it. If the goal of salvation was to go to heaven, the day you get saved, you could die and go to heaven. Y'all not saying nothing, which means the goal of salvation is not just for you to go to heaven. The goal of salvation is for you to bring heaven down to the earth. Would you open up your mouth and say, I'm kingdom, I'm kingdom. Now, now let me explain what this means real practically, because, because the kingdom belongs to those who act like kids again. Now, the question is, what is the kingdom? If you look at the screen, Luke 17, 21. Jesus says this, nor will they say, see here or see there, for the kingdom of God is within, say your name. Uh, Watch me, the kingdom is what? It's in you. The kingdom is not a building. The kingdom is not a cathedral. The kingdom, watch me, the kingdom is not that. The Bible says that when God formed you. Jeremiah chapter 1, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. God says, when I sent you to the earth, I sent you not full of mess, not full of drama. I sent you full of my kingdom, which means the kingdom is not a place. It's in a people. I need you to hear me. Come on. Somebody say this. Say say there's something amazing on the inside of me. Uh -uh, I need you to say that like your whole life the enemy has tried to keep what's in you out from coming out to blessing the world but you were needed for the time you were needed most which is now. Come on 915. I need you to say this with authority. Say there's a kingdom in me. So look at this. Look at this. Uh, There's three attributes. Three basic principles of the kingdom. Number one, it is when heaven's attributes invade the earth. What are are heaven's attributes? Because sometimes when you think of that, you may have this uh, this imagery of just a bunch of white light and, and winged beasts flying around, walking around on streets of gold. All right, Mm-mm. here's what heaven's attributes are. Romans fourteen seventeen. It, it starts the verse starts this way. It says the kingdom of God is not in laughter and drinking. It says this, uh, but it's in righteousness, peace and joy. R P J. You ready? It's in righteousness peace, and joy. What is righteousness? It's in right standing with God. Which means part of the kingdom that God has placed in you is a desire to be right with him. This is why, watch me, this is how you know there's something amazing about you because even though you may be surrounded with people that aren't studying, aren't thinking about trying to be right with God, there's something in you that says, no, I got to get things right with God. That means you've been hand selected and hand picked by God Almighty because there's a kingdom on the inside of you. I'd rather be in right standing with God than, watch me, in right standing with people and offend God. And we have a whole culture of people that are so hooked on pleasing people that what you do is offensive to God. I need you to make sure you sit next to somebody that says, I may not get it right all the time, but I'm striving to make sure that things are in right and I may not be where I want to be, but I can thank God that I'm not where I used to be. Come on, somebody say right standing. Then it means, watch me, good character. Reputation is who people believe you to be. Character is who you actually are. It is possible to have a good rep and bad character. It is possible for people to think you're amazing and then the reality is that you're like a Picasso. You only look good from far away. Because, because the character, what, who you really are, doesn't match who people think you are. Think about it. We live in a social media world, right? Where everything everybody does. Uh, woke up, eating some eggs, had some bacon, and went to sleep, rolled around. Like, it amazes me how on social media, how some of these individuals, like, they literally are getting thousands and thousands of views on just, I woke up this morning and made my bed. I woke up this morning and ate. I drove down to the gym. And people are like, oh, that's good. <laughs> watch me. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Ooh, I like the way you get up. <laughs> right. Watch me. Say good character. This means do you do what you say you're gonna do? I pray that your character, watch me. This is bigger than cast, cars, and clothes. I pray that our character is the, is the most excellent that it has ever been from this day forward. That we do what we say we're going to do. We're, we, we handle obligations like we say we're going to handle them. That we don't have to keep begging God for miracles because we keep our word in the first place. Come on, lift your hands, say, Lord, improve my character. I, now, how will he help you to do it? He'll help you to do it by convicting you when you're trying to do something that lacks good character. So when you're trying to do something sideways, the Holy Ghost is going to be like... We're not doing that today. When you want to pop off on somebody because the moment you see them, you're like, I wish you would. The Holy Ghost will say, just back it up, back it up, just back it up. Come on. Come on, y'all. When you want to do somebody dirty because they did you dirty, y'all better talk to me, 915. Watch me. Your good character will say, I don't have to sow to you the wretchedness that you sowed to me. Righteousness. What's the second one? Peace is this Hebrew word, the language of our Old Testament, shalom, nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking, all is well. And this is something that God says with the kingdom that's in you, it has the ability to produce an environment where nothing is missing, nothing is broken, nothing is lacking, all is well. Pay attention. That change around you comes from in you. More often than not, we want something around us to make us feel better. We want something around us to impact what's happening in us, not realizing that what's happening in us is actually what changed what's happening around us, which means if you feel like something is missing, broken, or lacking, I need you to look again because there's something you're not looking at the right way. Finally, RP what? Talk. Come on, y'all, let's go. J means joy. That means glad and great. Pay attention. God says from the inside out, This means your emotions won't be dictated by what happens because you're going to have a gladness that comes from the inside. People will look at you and say, how are you shouting and giving God praise and smiling and still nice? How are you doing all of that despite what's going on around you? Why? Because I got a gladness that's in me that's affecting what's around me and what's around me is not affecting what's in me. I need you to make sure you sit next to somebody that's got a R, a P, and a J. On three, I'm going to give you an opportunity to release your RPMJ praise. Why? I'm glad about it. One, two, three, go. Come on. Come on. Somebody say, I'm glad from the inside out. So if somebody says, I'm leaving you, watch me. I'm glad from the inside out. Baby, bye. Matter of fact, let me help you pack your stuff. Let me help you get to. You ready? As they say, we're firing you. You say, excellent. I already got my stuff ready to go. Somebody says, I don't want to be your friend no more. You're not affected by that. You're not affected by that. Why? Because my gladness, which is an emotion, it comes from the inside out, which means I'll find something to be glad about. If you get in a wreck, you'll, you'll be glad that you didn't die. Y'all better talk to me. Y'all better talk to me. It, watch me. If, if, if you have something happen, you'll be glad for what didn't happen. Even if something negative does happen, when you got gladness from the inside out, you'll be thankful about what did not happen. So even if you had a stressful day, here's what glad people are saying. Well, it could have been worse. Even if you had some challenges, people with gladness will say, well, it could have went down a whole lot worse than that. I'm glad about it. I need to make sure. I got some glad people in this building and online. Come on, just shout, I'm glad about it. Come on, you got to put a little note on it. You ready? I'm glad. I'm glad. Which means you may not understand why I'm happy and you not. Your emotions don't affect my kingdom. Your emotions do not affect his kingdom. So while everybody else thinks you should be walking around with your head down sad, you walking around talking about, oh, won't he do it? Oh, my next looks better than my past. You're talking about the rest of this year is going to be the best of this year. You're talking about watch me thrive in these last five. I wish. That's the first characteristic, heaven's attributes invading the earth. What are heaven's attributes? R-P-J. What are the words? Righteousness, peace, joy. Now, here's the second piece. It's how God does things. This is the kingdom. God has a different way of doing things. See, God says if you want increase, you release. The world's way say says if you want increase, you hold. world says get all you can, can all you get. Heaven says, somebody say heaven says. Yeah. Heaven says, well, you got to release in order to see increase. Here's the world's way. When they do you wrong, hate them. Hate them. And then hate on them. And then hate everything and anything connected to them. God says, if they do you wrong, pray for them. Bishop, why would I pray for somebody that did me wrong? Oh, you must evidently not know what you're praying for. The Bible says, watch me, when you pray for them, it heaps hot coals upon their hip. Which means the reason I'm praying for you is because I'm the only thing in between you and God. Because God looks at how you treated his child, please. God looks at how you treated his child. And God is like, I'm not with that. So if you don't pray for them, I'm about to put a hurting on them. Watch me, when you pray for those that do you wrong, you're showing spiritual maturity. Literally, the Bible says when you pray for those that have done you wrong, spitefully used you and persecuted you, the Bible says he'll heap hot coals on their head. What does that mean? The fire that they were running from will always be over their head. This is why there are certain people that no matter what season of life you see them in, they always got fire going on. Why? Because God says, oh, I made sure to put a fire on their head. The reason you're praying for them is because when you release it, God says, I'll take it over from here. And as long as you're mad, as long as you're angry, as long as you're hating, you see, God does things different. Number three, it's becoming who God says you are and possessing what God said you can Becoming who God said you are and possessing what God said you can. Say, I'm becoming and possessing. Come on, 915. Say, I'm becoming and possessing. Say it again. I'm becoming and possessing. Uh I need you to just speak these words of life over yourself. Say, I won't even recognize who I've become by the end of this month because I'll be so much better than I am now. And that's not saying you're bad now. It's just saying you're about to be better. Come on and say, I am possessing everything God has for me. I command the earth to yield it. That's the kingdom. That's the kingdom. It's heaven's attributes on earth. What are those attributes? RPJ. Number two, how God does things. Number three, and how do we find out how God does things? Through the word. So this is why we come to church. This is why church, this is why we log on. This is why we come into this building. This is why we do church. This is why we listen to podcasts. This is why we do prayer. Why do we do all of this? It's not just to feel good. It's to learn his way. Because then when I do it his way, I get his results. And for some of y'all watch me, August is going to be your mind-blowing month of results. I don't know who I need to say this for, but you've got some back due stuff, some stuff that's past due, that's owed to you. And in the month of August, your back due is about to come and be paid in full. You got some back due joy. You got some past due happiness. You got, watch me, it's bigger than cash, cars, and clothes. You got some stuff that God says it's happening for you. And somebody shout this month. This is the kingdom. So. And Wednesday, on Wednesday, brother, when we opened the series with the message, How to Be a Kid Again, I showed you how to practice being childlike. Remember, we should not be child-ish. We should practice being childlike. So Matthew 18 and 4 says, anyone who becomes as humble as this little child. So the key to being childlike is humility. And this is, this is interesting because for many of us, humility can sometimes be a challenge. And we don't know that it's a challenge until, it's, until we are challenged. Your response in a challenge reveals whether or not humility is a challenge. This is anyone who becomes as humble as this little child is the greatest in the what? Kingdom. Now, what does humble mean? I taught you this on Wednesday. Fully dependent on the Lord. Stop right there. Are you dependent on the Lord or are you dependent on your job? Are you, de- are you dependent? And here's how you know. Which one do you go to first? Do you look at your pay stub first or do you pray first? Come on, y'all. Y'all got to talk to me today. How do you know you're fully dependent on the Lord? It means that I am not, and sometimes thoughts will really come up in your mind that try to counteract your dependence on God. So you'll think, well, at least I got good credit. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. So you're putting dependence on that instead of the Lord. Say, well, at least I got this good income. Mm-mm. You're putting dependence on that instead of the Lord. Well, at least I got this husband. At least I got this wife. Mm-mm. You're putting dependence on them instead of the Lord. Instead, what you say is because I've got God, God has provided me all things that I need. And I am fully dependent on the Lord, which means I'm not looking to people to do for me what God can do for me. Somebody say, I'm fully dependent on the Lord. Uh-uh. See, you can't even say it. Come on, say it with authority. Say, I'm fully dependent on the Lord. Bishop, how do I know my business is going to do well? Because they're saying this and they're saying that. Mm -mm -mm -mm. You're dependent on the news report. I need you to be fully dependent on the Lord. Because over and over in the Bible, you see when, when there was a famine in the land, when there were issues in the land, God provided for his people in a way that he did not provide for anybody else. Which means because I'm fully dependent on the Lord, I could care less what's going on around me. My hope and my... Come on, let's go old school. My hope is built on nothing less... Dismissing reliance upon yourself, because here's what a lot of us would say: I don't trust nobody but me, and you should be careful with that. Why? Jeremiah says that your heart, which in Scripture refers to your mind, is wicked and it's deceitful. So, so here's what happens sometimes: people say, you know, I'm just a good person based on whose standard? You know, I just don't believe in all of that. Oh, listen, here's the deal. Never fight with somebody that doesn't want to believe in the Lord. You know why? We're going to find out if it's real or not at the end. And I'd much rather be safe. I'd much rather live my life in a way where I'm not concerned about what comes at the end than uh, getting in the end coming and saying, uh-oh, what if this was real? And I don't even need to wait to the end to know that it's real. Look at me. You're sitting next to somebody that's proof God is real. You're chatting with somebody that's proof God. How do I know? Because they're a miracle. They should not be here after all they've been through. They should not still be standing. after all. If you know you're a miracle at this 915, can I just get you, watch me, to just release the sound of somebody that's a miracle. Go. Should have been locked up. Should have been dead. Should have lost your mind. Should have overdosed. Should have overdosed, should have died, should have committed suicide, but you are a miracle. Come on, all the miracles, holler in the building and online, I am a miracle. You are. So we dismiss reliance on self, instead we rely on God. Because let's be clear, there are some times where even, can we be honest, where we get sick of ourselves. You ever had a moment where you were like over you? Come on 915. I'll talk to my online because they'll talk to me. You had a moment where you were like, I'm done with me. You, let me prove it to you. Here's the danger of relying on yourself. You'll tell yourself, I'm gonna get up at five today and I'm gonna go to the gym. Come on, come on. I was in there. I did not see you. I did not right? See, when you rely on you, you will lie to you and then create a reality that supports the lies that you lie to yourself. And so consequently, when you rely on yourself, can I tell you what that's dangerous? It's because you will decide a thing, and then everything you see will reinforce what you've already pre-decided. Which means you will deny the reality of what something is, because if you've decided, for example, to be a victim, everything you see is victimizing you. So everybody, you're always beating up on me. You a whole lie. But you see it that way because you've decided to be a victim because you've relied on yourself. And I think I've got some people in this building and that can say, I will rely on God because I can't even trust me all the time. You'll tell yourself you're in love with somebody that you know you barely can stand. But because y'all not going to say nothing to me. Look at this last part. Emptying our carnal ego. I, I like how I heard one person say it one time. Ego stands for edging God out. What is a carnal ego? See, when you're a child, you're not worried about the way you look. Have you ever seen a child, um, like, over-concerned about how they look at the playground? They're having fun. I, you, you typically, it's normally the parent that has to say to the child, fix yourself up. get yourself. You don't see, no. I, I know it's a whole new generation, <laughs> but you don't typically see kids that are over-concerned with looking like an expert. Because they recognize they're a child, so they're not supposed to be the expert. For some of us, watch me, you're so focused on being right that you have missed God. You're so focused on looking like an expert that your ego gets in the way because you don't want anybody to think you made a mistake. Now, recognizing a childlike faith has the ability to say, you know what, I missed it right there. I made a mistake, and I'm not perfect, and I thank God that I don't, the expectation is not for me to be perfect because I'm a student, not the teacher. I'm a childlike person, not childish, and God is my father. Y'all still with me? See, so that means the next time you have to admit something, watch me, if your ego's out of the way, you're not afraid to admit it. This will help a lot of married couples right here because there's certain things you won't admit because ego won't let you admit it. And what's crazy about the fact that your ego won't let you admit it is it's stupid what you won't admit. You won't even admit that what she said hurt your feelings and you're walking around like a wounded dog barking. You don't even. Oh, y'all ain't going. Okay. All right. Let's go. Come on now, y'all. Let me be real good and bishop-like today, okay? You mad at what your husband said, and your ego won't even let you say anything because you've convinced yourself of all of these things that are reality that are not really reality. Watch me. You certain people stay away from God and they'll stay away from church why? Because their ego will tell them that they're more important than they think. I don't want nobody to see me. Ain't nobody looking at you. But your ego makes you think that you, watch me, you, you, are, you like to call out narcissists, but often the people who call it out are the ones that struggle with it the most. Gain recognizes game. It's quiet in this building. I'm going to preach anyhow. Can I get at least five of y'all to say preach bishop, preach, bishop? Here's the second definition of humble. Jesus said, humble yourself like a little child. Look at this. It means humiliation. Now, most of us, when we think of humiliation, we think of something negative. But humiliation is simply a feeling that means the abasement of pride. Th- here's a simple way to think of that. It just means my pride, this just forward with me, it just goes to the basement. That's the, le- that's the thing I'm least concerned about. I'm least concerned about how it looks. I'm more concerned about how it is. I'm, le- I'm least concerned about getting credit for it. I just want to make sure that it's done Right. See, that would fix a lot of problems right there because so many people are so concerned about getting credit and giving their name call and getting a pat on the back when really, watch me, that reveals that pride is rising up and what you need to learn how to do is to drop your pride. Send your pride to the basement. Come on, look at somebody next to you. Say, send your pride to the basement. Send online, type that in the chat. Y'all ain't talking to them. Please look at somebody. If they won't look at you, look over them and say, send your pride to the basement. What does this mean? It leads to being humble. And here's what here's what it is. Submissive. What is submissive? It means to get under a mission. Now, for those who say, because I know submission is almost like a cuss word now. Because we got a whole generation of people that think submission, watch me, means that you are reducing who you are. And it's not. What you're doing is saying, I know who I am, but because I know who I am, I'm confident enough and strong enough to submit myself to one that is greater than I. Y'all ain't going to talk, but I'm going to preach it anyhow. I need you to stop thinking submission is a dirty word. No, a lack of submission is a dirty word. Because anything that's uncovered is going to spoil. And this is why some of you keep having cycles in your life. Because nobody can cover you because you won't be submissive. But I need you to open up your mouth and say, I'll be humble and submissive. I'll be humble and submissive. I'll be submissive and humble. I'll be humble and submissive. What does this mean? This means sub under missive mission. I get under a mission. See how quiet it gets, because you live in a culture that literally. You, 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 watch me. You, you, people have this thing. Only one I'm submitting to is God. You're out of order. Cause, Cause, the Bible, the Bible, even Jesus. Okay, can I walk you through this? I only believe in submitting to God. You're out of order. And I care less what you think about it. I, listen. I'm good. I'm. I promise you, I'm good. You ready? Here's the deal. So Jesus is God in the flesh. Can I teach you? He's the anthropos, 100% God, 100% man. Some of man, you can't believe he's God. Someone's God, you can't believe he's man. He comes in the form of a body. He is born to a woman named Mary that's a virgin. He is born up to a woman named Mary who was a virgin at the time that he is conceived. And the scripture says the Holy Ghost comes upon her. She's impregnated. She carries this child. And then watch me. The Bible says that he has to submit himself to her. Watch me. And a man that's not his daddy. He has to submit himself to her and to Joseph. The scripture makes it very clear that one day um, when Jesus was an adolescent, approximately 12 years old, that um, they were in the temple for one of the feasts. They left, and, and Jesus' family left. And when his family left, they couldn't find him. They searched for him for a few days amongst the relatives and family, couldn't find him. They go back to the temple, they find Jesus sitting there. Now, who is Jesus? The Anthropos, God-man. So much, God, you can't believe he's man. So much, man, you can't believe he's God. He is God in the flesh, God. Literally is sitting in the temple teaching people about himself, but they can't recognize him because when they see him, they see him as a child they do not see him as uh, the fullness that he is because part of his submissiveness was that I'm going to humble myself to be like one of my own creation. I'm going to humble myself to be like one of them. I am the God that they're praying to, but I'm going to humble myself to be like one of them. I made Mary, but I'm going to humble myself to her. I made Joseph. I'm going to humble myself to him. And the scripture says that when Mary and Joseph find him, what does the Bible say? That they literally, Mary is upset. And Mary, listen, listen, listen. I can only imagine how Mary responded because the only thing the scripture says, and he was subject to her and submissive to her from that day forward. Let me tell you what I think happened. Can I tell you what I think happened? is that Mary took Jesus into that bathroom. Some of y'all that grew up with some mamas and daddies that y'all ain't going to say nothing. Mary said, oh no, you think you're going to act like this in front of all these preachers and that? Mary snatched Jesus up, took him in that bathroom and tapped that tail. And when Jesus came out, Jesus was like, mama, stop, stop. You know how you do that? Okay, y'all don't know nothing about that. Y'all had time out. But watch me. I came up where you got discipline, and I'm grateful for the discipline because it kept me out of some crazy stuff, kept me away from some crazy people. And he was subject. He was submissive. When Jesus is 30 and it's time for him to be ordained to the ministry, he submits himself to a man called John the Baptist, the baptizer. Not that he was Baptist by denomination. He was a baptizer. He submitted himself. He literally goes to John and says, now you need to ordain me. Jesus wasn't getting saved. He is salvation. When he was baptized, it's a Hebrew custom called mikvah, which is an ordination to the ministry. What you saw at the beginning of this experience, Jesus had to submit himself to a human being he made so that he could legally function in ministry in the earth. So if God knows how to submit... Ooh, I ain't got no help in here, God. If God doesn't have a problem submitting to somebody, what makes you think you're exempt? And let me just say that, as a man in authority, I'm a man under authority. I practice this same principle. Now, 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 watch me. Say submissive. Now, this is important, because God says, God says, to be a child, you have to be submissive, childlike, which means if I don't want to do it, I do it because I'm submitting. So it becomes what I like to do. It becomes what I like to do. I didn't want to start a church. Double that up. I didn't want to start a church in this city. I said, Lord, give us us free. Let, Let me go to Houston, Miami, Dallas, Chicago, only in the hot months. New York, only in the hot months. Philadelphia, only in the hot months. Atlanta, let me go somewhere else. You couldn't possibly want me to start here. Lord, the statistics and this and that and that and that and that. And when it was clear, I submitted. Because submission says, forget what I want. Whoever I'm submitting to, it's about what they want. See, see, watch me, watch me, watch me. We have a generation of kids now. Y'all still with me? Um, we have bougie kids now. I heard a, a, a six-year-old talking about I want some sushi. Sushi? You better eat these fish sticks and call it sushi. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Sushi, I got you some sushi It's some fish sticks and fries. Y'all not saying that, 9.15? We have bougie kids now. I like some pho. You better have this chicken noodle soup. I want a Jimmy John's. We have one. It's called Peanut Butter Jelly Time, Peanut Butter Jelly Time, Peanut Butter Jelly Time. That's what we got. I want a Jimmy John's. (laughs) I got your Jimmy John's. I'm Jimmy and John. Give me a name badge. Listen, I got your sandwich. But how many of you remember when you perhaps were coming up that what was being served is what you were going to eat. It wasn't no special, it wasn't no DoorDash. It was we got to go to the store and ride together to go get the food. And we're not going to two places. Mama, we passed where I wanted. I'm not going there. That's not the way we're going. I'm going over here. And maybe I'm the only one. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah. What's mean? Submissive means, it means not my will, your will be done. Tell the Lord, say, not my will, Lord. Your will be done. Now, remember, humiliation, let's look at it. It's a what? A feeling. So this is important because what did I teach you as we ended our last series? How you feel determines how far you go. David showed us how to be a kid again. And he went from a kid to a king. The only way to be king is to first be a kid. What do you mean by that? Look at 1 Samuel 17, 32. This is the epic battle between David and, let's see if you know the giant's name, Goliath. What does Goliath represent? Now, I've seen, I saw somebody at the gym yesterday that I started to invite to church today um, um, specifically to be a prop. Because I said, sir. Y'all got to look. Y'all ain't looking it. I said, sir. You aren't tall, God, no. Where you from? Literally, it was Goliath's cousin. <laughs> and I, literally, I was just like, wow. to kind of turned it aside. Goliath was this giant that was between 6.75 and 9.75 feet tall. He was a big guy. Goliath simply represents a big obstacle that's intimidating you and that is stopping you from moving forward. I don't know about you, but watch me. But there's been some Goliaths that have tried to pop up in my life. Is that anybody? And sometimes the Goliath is real. You see it. And sometimes the Goliath, watch me, is only something you've made it out to be. Because it's not that big. You're only looking at the shadow of it. And the shadow always looks bigger than the real thing. That's why David said, "Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, which means this thing only looks big and bad, but it's not big and bad. I pray you would not let a Goliath stop you. Come on now, we're about to go. I pray you would not let a Goliath stop you. I pray you would not let the shadow of a Goliath stop you. Come on, speak this over your family. Speak this over your life. Say, I am unstoppable. So look, so David runs out to the fight. Now, I want you to be mindful. The king Saul, who's the incumbent king, is the first king of Israel, and his entire army are facing Goliath. And when Goliath comes out, I want you to pay attention to this simple, simple, simple fact that David is the only one that makes this statement. Don't worry about this Philistine. I'll go fight him. Here's, watch me, here's the difference between where you are and what you want to be, the fights you're willing to get in. See, some of you, gonna watch me, your Goliath is your emotions. Mm. You're going to have to fight through your emotions. For some of you, your Goliath is your background and your past. You're going to have to fight through your Goliath. For some of you, it's that you always give in your head and you overthink every little thing. And you're going to have to fight through your overthinking. But if you'll fight, I promise you this, you're going to win. Open up your mouth, say, if I fight, I'll win. David says, don't worry about this Philistine. I'll go fight him. And I talked to you this on Wednesday, but I wanted to make sure you got this. Kids are fearless until they're taught to fear. The only time a child begins to cry is when you overreact. I remember one time, I remember one time a little kid, a little kid I hit their table on a, on a coffee table. And, and they hit, what did I say, hit their table? Table is head in Hebrew. No, Listen. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. So, so they hit their head on a coffee table. And I mean, not, not, not like a little, I mean like a <laughs> It was a little boy. Hit their head on a coffee table. They were playing around, you know, doing what little boys do. Which, which, let me just say this for some of you parents. Kids are kids. Okay? That means they play. That means they make messes. Now, they need to clean it up. But some of y'all want them to play neat. You know, they playing Cops and robbers. You know, all right, y'all sit down. But well, you can't play Cops and robbers sitting down. You, if you the rock, I got to chase you. They playing Legos and they knocking stuff down. Y'all stop knocking stuff down. Well, you can't play Legos and not knock something down. He hits his head on his table. hits his head on the table. And when he hits on the tail on the table, he gets up. Pay attention. Now, the doof is over. He looks around. He's totally fine until his mother runs over and says, oh, and he's like, cue the tears. "Ah!" And some of you, you ready? You ready? Hear me. You, the only reason you're fearless is because it seems to get you more attention than when you choose not to walk in fear. Because rarely do people clap for you when you're doing fearless stuff. But when you go, oh, I'm just so scared. I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm just so worried. I know, I know, I know. But you got to have a fearless faith that says like Shadmak, Reshek, and Abednego that the Lord will get me out of this. And even if he doesn't, watch me give him the glory anyhow. Come on, open your mouth, 915. We're almost done. Say, Lord, give me fearless faith. David runs up on Goliath and just says, I'll fight him. I don't know nothing about fighting them. I don't have any education. I don't have any credentials. Listen, David was a prophet and a musician and a shepherd. He is not trained one day in warfare. And for many of you in this eighth month, you're about to do something you ain't trained to do. You're about to do something that you don't have the background or the pedigree or the resume to go with it, but you're gonna do it and you're gonna do it well. You only need one shot, oh my God, And I'm here to tell you, this month of August, I dare you to drop a one in the comments online. In the building, I dare you to put a one up. Say, I just need one shot. David. David had not trained in warfare. And some of us, here's what we keep telling God. God, I've not done that before. That's why he wants to use you. So then he gets the glory, not you. God, I don't know how to navigate through this. God is like, I know. That means you're going to have to lean on me old school church used to say we've come this far by faith doing what Leaning. and some of you watch me i need you to get your lean back come on now 50 because you've been leaning on people you've been leaning on emotions you've been leaning on money you've been leaning on everything else but the lord i dare you to just prophesy by just leaning to the side baby i'm leaning on god For the rest of my days, I'm leaning on the Lord. When I don't know what to do, I'll say, God, you got to show me. When I don't know who to call, I'll say, God, you got to show me. Come on, now, 15, say, I'm leaning on the Lord. Lord. This next part. Don't be ridiculous. This is what the king says back to him. You ready? Kids are ridiculous. You got to have ridiculous faith. (laughs) You got to say, yep. What are you going to do? Oh, I'm going to look at some property. Do you have a loan yet? Nope. Well, why are you going? That doesn't make sense. I know. It sounds ridiculous, don't it? But kids are ridiculous. Y'all not saying that to me. I need you making vision boards for what the rest of this year is going to be for you. And people look at it and say, that's ridiculous. How you going to get there based on where you are now? Baby, just call me child life. I know it's ridiculous to you, and it's going to be ridiculous until I do it. They thought Steve Jobs was ridiculous until he took the company they fired him from and turned it around. They thought Oprah Winfrey was ridiculous until she took that opportunity in Chicago and turned it into a media empire. They thought Jesus was ridiculous until he got back up on that Sunday morning just like he said he did. I need all the ridiculous people to worship God for three seconds right there. Go, three, two, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But I bet I'll have results. It's ridiculous. But I'll speak it out of my mouth. It's ridiculous. But I'll call things that be not as though they were. Somebody say it's ridiculous. Come, we gotta go. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy. What was Saul saying to him? You're just a kid. You just said the wrong thing to the right one. Because what does this mean? What what did Jesus say? You'll enter the kingdom when you enter like a what? Like a child. Look at verse 37. The Lord, this is David speaking, who rescued me from the claws of the lion. So what is David talking about? David was a shepherd. He was keeping his father's sheep. All of his brothers thought it was a demotion. Okay. All of his brothers thought I wouldn't let nobody treat me like that. I wouldn't let nobody talk to me like that. And while they thought he was being put down, oh my God, they did not realize he was being put on. I don't like the way some of y'all not responding to me, so I'll preach to my digital family. See, the things that people thought, I wouldn't let nobody talk to me like that. I wouldn't put up with that. I wouldn't deal with that. I wouldn't do all that serving. I wouldn't do all of that. Baby, it ain't a put down. Baby, this is what's putting me on. Because while you thought I was being rejected, I was really being proven. For you thought it was a letdown and a put down. It was really a lift up and a put on. His brothers looked at him and said, "Leave David out there with them sheep. That ain't nothing. What they didn't realize is that David was developing leadership skills. David was fighting lions and bears that nobody else knew about. See, watch me. You ready for me? I, all right, I'll preach to y'all. You ready for me? There are some private battles you've beaten where you're about to be rewarded publicly. there's some stuff you had to deal with in private and nobody knew you had to deal with it but what if i told you in the month of august every private battle is about to have a public reward ceremony and everybody's about to see you go from kid to king they're gonna see you from kid to king come on open your mouth say there's private victories I'll get public reward for Nobody knew about the lion and the bear. Nobody knew about you beating suicide nobody knew about the nights you felt like giving up nobody knew about the days you were like I don't even know if this is real anymore no no, nobody knew the days you had to fight just to get up and do your job nobody knew about the days that you felt like you weren't a good parent but you kept loving those kids anyhow nobody knew about the days you felt like you weren't a good husband but you kept loving anyhow nobody knew about the days you felt you weren't a good mother but you kept doing it anyhow nobody knew about the days you said you know what God screw all of this can I have some real people after 9.15 but your private victory is about to have a public reward ceremony. If you think I'm talking to you, we got to go. But I just need you to lift your hands and say, it's reward time. It's. I beat the lion, you didn't see me. I beat the bear, you didn't see me. But what I beat in August, everybody's going to see Let's go. Go. David says, I got to go. Give me, give me. David said, the Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear. Nobody knew this. Nobody knew this part of his story. Nobody knew the days you were driving down the street and tears ran down your face. Let me talk to some of my men in the building and online. Nobody knew about the days that while you were out being strong and tough, that you felt like a total and complete and an utter failure. Let me speak to my men. You are not a failure. You were being prepared because you were about to go from kid to king. Let me speak to my ladies. You're about to go from kid and you're about to be king. Please fist bump somebody. Say from kid to king. From kid to king. From overlooked to overbooked From the bottom to the top, from the tail to the head, this month, this month, this month, this month. You got to go. You got to go. This is your Bible. Now you say, Mr. Foreman, how can you speak this so authoritatively? What is it about this month? Say eight. August is the eighth month. Now, God plays the numbers. It's called Gematria. It's the study of the spiritual significance of every number. Eight is the biblical number of a new beginning. Samuel has eight sons. David is the eighth. This story about David represents who you are, and it represents the month that we're in. I'm going to give you one more opportunity. And if the person next to you doesn't wanna celebrate, don't worry about them. I need you to watch me, I need you to go for yourself. If the people on your roll ain't doing nothing, don't worry about them, I need you to go for yourself. But for those of you that believe this is the month, watch me, well it's gonna be your month of David, your month of new beginnings, your month you're gonna take some Goliaths down, the month that you're about to use your prior past and prior victories are about to be rewarded publicly. On three, put a shop in this building and online. One, two, three, go! Hey, come on, somebody say, this month is happening for me. We got to go. We got to go. So this is as far as I can get you. This is as far as I can get you. The Lord that rescued you from a domestic violence relationship. The Lord that rescued you from a meth addiction. The Lord that rescued you from a drug addiction. The Lord that rescued you from your past. The Lord that rescued you from generational curses. The Lord that rescued you from the claws of the lion and the bear. He will rescue me from this Philistine. Saul finally consented and said, the Lord be with you. Kids are adventurous until taught to play it safe. look at me. At the beginning of this year, the Lord told me, he said, son, I need you to be okay with doing something. He said, are you, okay? you ready? We're jumping. <laughs> now if you're like me, the concept of a jump is antithetical to how I like to operate. Because I wanna have a plan about the jump. I wanna calculate the jump. I wanna figure out how much this jump's gonna cost me. Y'all ain't gonna say nothing to me? I wanna schedule for who's gonna be where, where during the jump. I want to know who's going to be around during the time of the jump. What are you trying to say? Some of you watching me, you're too grown for your own good. Because a kid, all you got to do is if you tell them to jump, they ain't going to ask no questions. They're just going to start. And God is telling you 915, I need you to get your adventure back. Stop worrying about how it's going to work out. Just jump. And ridiculous faith will make you jump jump, Jesus Christ will make you jump, jump, your next five, your best five, jump jump I. some of y'all are sitting next to people with no faith, can I get you to find the faith people in your section, the faith people at home, and just fist bump them and say let's jump, let's jump let's, let's jump, start the business jump, move jump, apply for the job, jump reach out again jump Try jump. I'm not afraid of failure. I'm afraid of being stagnant. I'm not afraid of failure. I'm afraid of being stuck. Somebody holler jump. Everybody stand. Everybody stand. I'll try to finish at the 115. Everybody, Everybody stand. Everybody stand. Everybody stand. In the building and online. Verse 38. Then Saul gave David his own armor. Saul said, I right, do it with my stuff. Saul said, Saul said, use my stuff. See, Saul, you need all of that. Because you don't have what I have. You don't have the favor I do. Come on. Just open your mouth and say, I'm favored by God. I. I by God. Bishop, how do you know? Have you looked at your life? Other people who were in the same stuff did. Other people who were in the same stuff, not here. Other people in the same stuff, not in their right mind. How did you make it through everything you've made it through? Saul said... You need, you need the infinity stones. <laughs> look at me. Look at me. David said, I can't go like that. I'm not used to that. So David took them off. Look at the screen again. Who told David he didn't have to wear that stuff? Kids are inquisitive until they're taught to be quiet. In other words, you're going to win and you're not going to have what everybody else has. Watch me. You're going to have, let me speak to my business owners. If you're a business owner, lift your hands. You're going to have a profitable third and fourth quarter that will not be interrupted by coronavirus, will not be interrupted by monkeypox, will not be interrupted by anything. Come on. And you'll win without what everybody else has. Everybody else needs two incomes to win. You'll win with one. Look at this, verse 47. This is the Lord's battle, and he will give you to us. What was David doing? He was leaning totally on the Lord. David said, I know I don't know what I'm doing, but I know a God who knows what he's doing. I'll talk over here. David's like, I know I don't know all answers, but I have a God. That'll lead me to the answers. And maybe he'll lead me to Google. He'll lead me to YouTube. He'll, 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 lead me, he'll lead me to somebody. Yesterday I was having a conversation with somebody. I prayed for a particular strategy. And somebody called me yesterday evening, a pastor friend, and he called me. And we were talking through strategy. I said, that's an amazing idea. I said, I didn't even look at that. I said, I forgot all about it." I didn't think about that. And God gave a strategy. Look at me. Look at me. This is the
1: Lord's battle.
2: Lift one of your hands, your right hand, your hand of strength and power, and say, Lord, I'm fully dependent on you. Come on, say it with authority. Say, I'm fully dependent on you. Look at verse 50. So David, say your name, triumphed. Watch me. And he didn't even do it with a sword. Hear me 915. And you're going to triumph. And you're not going to have what you thought you needed. And you're going to do it anyhow. If I'm speaking to some Davids in here, we're about to go. I'm out of time. But I just need you to lift both of your hands because I need you to make sure you leave church today empowered. You leave church today inspired in this building and online where the majority of us are. I need you to lift your hands, open up your mouth, and just say, I will triumph. I will triumph. I am triumphant in Jesus' name. Put a praise right there. If you're in this building online and you need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to the Lord, this is your moment right now. I'll try to finish at the 1115. We'll see how far we go. Right, I'll get as far as I can go. If you need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to the Lord. This is your moment. Secondly, if you're giving your life to the Lord, you're not been faithful to him, this is your moment to recommit yourself to him. I don't know where things stand with God, but I want to be sure wherever you're at in the building, you're going to slip your hand up when I count to three. Online, do the hand wave emoji say it to me. One, God's coming to get you today. Come on Facebook. Come on YouTube, come on on the app, come on, on the website. This is no accident. You are not watching me by accident. This is God coming to get you. You become a Christian, recommit yourself to the Lord. to be sure on three. Hands up in the building. Online, line, do the hand You me. Say it's me. One, two, three. If that's you, respond right where, right where you're at. Come on 915, right where you're at. Everybody pray this prayer with me. We got to move fast. Say, Lord, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for your sacrifice on Calvary. I believe with my mouth, excuse me, I believe with my heart and confess with my mouth that you are my Lord and my Savior. Give me the grace to be a faithful Christian from this day forward. If I fall down, give me the grace to get right back up. This is my David month. This is my David month. And I will triumph in Jesus' name. Amen you just prayed that prayer for the first time or recommitted yourself to the Lord or you're sure, scan that QR code or text decision to 877-552-4746. Some of you are saved, but you need a shepherd. You can live in Denver. You can live in Atlanta. You can live anywhere across America, around the world and be a part of our Harvest family. All you got to do is text JOIN HARVEST to 877-552-4746 or scan that QR code. Did y'all get some out of the word today? I'm going to try to finish at the 1115. Listen, if you came in late, you weren't able to give, I want you to get that ready. And then... I want to challenge everybody to sow today. I told you at the beginning of May, the Lord told me that he was going to release wealth just as he's been doing into the hands of the people of harvest. And if you read those praise reports, you can see that it's happening. I'm going to attach this. I'm going to attach this to that verse we just read. So this David triumphed and he didn't have what everybody else needed. Put the verse up just one more time so you can see it. I want you to see that. I want you to put your name right here. This is your verse. So David triumphed. Say your name. and you didn't have the degree and you triumphed and you didn't have the right past and you triumphed and you didn't have the right background and you triumphed and you weren't even supposed to be considered say I will triumph in Jesus name I want to challenge everybody to sow a $50 seed with me into this word sealing this word you're going to call this your triumph seed I'm going to challenge everybody to sow that with me. What are you doing? We're sowing to seal the word. We're sowing to seal the word. Said so, Bishop, I don't have the 50. Get as close as you can. I never asked you to do what I don't do. I'm a sower. Don't you ever judge harvest if you haven't first seen seed. I said, don't you ever judge harvest if you haven't first seen seed. And for some of you, people are looking at all of what you have, but they don't recognize how much you sowed to get it. They're looking at all of what's going right for you. They don't recognize how much, how much seed you had to sow that went wrong for you. Lift it towards the Lord in the building and online. If you want to use Cash App, there's just one Cash App. Now, download sign Bishop Foreman, F-O-R-E, you may end with the number two. PayPal, Venmo, Zelle, Give all of that's available. Hello at HarvestChurch.Church. If you want to use Text to Give, you'll text the amount to 844-669-5369. Amen. Oh, you can scan the QR code. Lift your giving to the Lord, all you Davids. Okay. Fine then. I'll just be the only David then. Come on, if you know you're a David, just say, I'm not one. He said, Ladies, you may, f- you know, Davidas. <laughs> All right, there we go. Say, Father, I sow this seed into your kingdom, sealing the word I've heard. I will triumph. I'll go from kid to king, just like David did. This word is for me, this word is for my house. His word is for my future. In Jesus'
1: name. Did you make a decision to become a Christian for the first time or recommit your life to Jesus? We want to help you make Christianity a lifestyle and not just a hobby. So just text the word decision to 877-552-4746 and we'll send simple next steps so you know what to do next. We're praying for you, and congratulations. Remember, your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church slash give. Remember to love God, love people, and love life.
0: Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator.